the Brothers in Kayfabe. For over two seasons, the revolutionary force in brotherly kayfabe entertainment. And now, Pro Wrestling and Being a Good Brother present the Brothers in Kayfabe. Well, it's the Brothers in Kayfabe, brought to you by Kong's Giant X from Godzilla vs. Kong, the greatest movie of 2021. I am one of your ringside announcers, El Gigante, Jake Keel. We're live, as they said from the YMCA behind the Little Caesars on 10th and Rockwell. To my left at the announce desk is Mr. Wrestling Landon Bumgarner. Well, hello, everybody. That's right. We are here at the YMCA basketball court. We're not here to play basketball. We're not here for hot and ready's. We are here for season three of the Brothers in Cafe podcast. Jake, how are you doing, man? I'm always here for the hot and readies. Hey, they're not bad. They're hey. hot and they're ready. Little Caesars isn't bad unless you got a little gremlin whispering in your ear that they're bad. That's all I'm going to say. I am fantastic, Mr. Rasslin. I am so good. I could be twins right now. You know, how, what? Are, you, how are you, Landon? I'm good. It's season three, Jake. I'm hyped. I don't know how we made it this far. Quite frankly, I'm shocked we've made it this far, but we are here. R.I.P. Triple J, Jimmy Jackson. We love you. We miss you. Enjoy wrestling heaven. We've done a whole season without Jimmy Jackson. We have. It feels wrong, but, but life also goes so on. right at the same time. Hey, um, long after Jimmy was gone, that wheel's going to keep turning. He's forever turning. in our hearts. And forever uh, in the studio, uh, across the way from me, there is a giant statue of Jimmy. I'm not going to turn the camera to it because it's just going to... It's, it's it's majesty would not be done by my GoPro, so we'll just leave it to the imagination. But if we ever get a physical wing for the, the Brothers in Kayfabe Hall of Fame, he will be right up front. He will be. You'll walk in and you put your your hands up to Jimmy's hands. Speaking of the Brothers in Kayfabe Hall of Fame, the first inductee of the Brothers in Kayfabe Hall of Fame will be announced at the end of this season. Stay tuned. You're going to tuned. You're going to going to going to love it just like I'm loving SummerSlam 1991 Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect right now off-screen. I'd show it to you, but we don't want this getting taken down. And I would be showing you the wrestling app. And since I turned it on an hour ago, it has been nothing but AWA interviews with me and Gene Okerlund and multiple times with Nick Bockwinkle, including right now. I love it. Some good old wrestling, AWA, WWF, you know, AWA original Kurt Hennig. 
It all goes back to wrestling in the end. Always back to wrestling. Seriously, though, how are you doing? You have a good week? You having... I have been. I, I've been a little have stressed out. you had a out. good three weeks? Yes. Um, if Two you're weeks. listening to this, Something once like again, that. welcome to season three of the Brothers in KFA podcast, because our last two weeks um, that we took off were best of season one and best of season two. Numbers not looking too hot right now. So if you haven't listened, go listen to it well, right you know. now. Pause right here. We'll still be here. Go back. Listen to the best of season one, because there's a lot of moments I forgot about. So I know you guys forgot about them. If you oh, yes. want to hear about a friend of the show, talk about um the literal nightmares he would have of Kane walking around a school burning it down I to the ground all about that listen to that if you want to hear you know good brothers talking about wrestling if you want to hear how we survived the pandemic listen to that too i mean there's a lot of ground we covered in season 1 and season 2 like my battle with Catalina OS on Apple computers it seems like season one, there were more battles than season two. Season two went pretty smooth. Yeah, it, I could not have gone better. But season three is going to go way better. Oh, it's going to go even better. I mean, our production value has gone up even more so. Speaking for, of, I'm loving the background. Thanks, man. Uh, if for you, those watching on the Patreon. <clears throat> yeah, for five bucks, you get to see this background, not just... Here on this Patreon video, but it's also going to be used on some exclusive visuals that you only get to see with the Patreon. Now, if you're part of our Facebook group, you got to see a little teaser of something you've heard. Beautiful. You get to see what Jake is showing off right now. If you have the Patreon, we're not going to tell you what it is audio wise because we got to leave some goodies for the Patreon, but... You guys got to see a little snippet of some of just the production stuff we're adding. And I want to say, if you like 80s, NWA Georgia, you know, Jim Crockett, Mid-Atlantic, WCW. I don't know, maybe an iconic studio backdrop where life-changing promos were cut. I don't know. Maybe join the Patreon for five bucks and get to see how the brothers in kayfabe put that to good use. Also, if you want to sponsor the show, advertise. If you're a wrestler and you've got stuff to plug, come on here and plug it. If you're a wrestling fan and you've got a business and you want to advertise it, let us know Let's and we will make that happen. Season if, three, if, Jake. If you've got a taco truck and you want to give us delicious tacos in exchange for an ad, hey, we're down. I like mine with no tomatoes. I'm just saying this. Should we announce? Because, I don't know. We might talk about it later on, but you know what? Let's. We're not going to talk about it now. No, let's save it. Let's just say there might be some, I don't know, more in-person opportunities for sponsorships and... The brother in kayfabe plus brother in kayfabe. That's the two of us equaling the brothers in kayfabe. We're taking over season three. This is just the start. We've got You're new music. We've got new intros. We'll have a new outro. Man, life is great, Listen, Jake. 
Listen, uh, is Mr. your first legal name, number one? Yes. Yeah. In kayfabe, yes. Yes. So I'm so hyped right now. I am so loose right now. Like I am loose as a goose right now for season three. This is great. I'm so excited. Ooh. And we've got we've got some stuff to talk about. We've got mailbag later in the show, but I think I think we right just gotta talk about pretty big pay-per-view happened. I almost asked if you wanted to push the season premiere up one week. I almost did, but it I was tempting to not to, but I think I think it was good to have a little bit of time of marination. Um let good word the shock and awe of what happened um, with that pay-per-view, that pay-per-view being AEW All Out. Now, All Out, I think it's fair to say, is pretty close to their WrestleMania. Pretty close. I think Double or Nothing would be the only other one that would be in contention. They, They tried to say last year that Revolution was their mania. And... No, no. I mean, the track record of All Out, that's like, hey, you know, number one, like All Out is the spiritual successor to All In what started it all. But at the on the other token, their first AEW pay-per-view was double or nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, WWE's first real pay-per-view was WrestleMania. Yeah. So like, hey, I WWE's mean, got the big four. AEW can eventually get the big I mean, four, or AEW even if it has four. Yeah, they they have four. <laughs> um, they've got the big two right now. Yeah, that's I'm okay. fine with that. I'm fine with that. <clears throat> All out. over oversaturation isn't always a good thing. All out live from the Now Arena, formerly the Sears Center. What a crowd, number one. Yeah, it it was hot. I mean, that's the largest crowd AEW has had since COVID. Yeah. And it it showed. I, w- I will say this right off the bat because we've also seen... Um, Well, I guess we, we talked about SummerSlam at the end of season two, but even with, you know, this past week of... If you're listening to this today on Tuesday, SmackDown had a pretty big show this past Friday. Yes, they did. In MSG. Um, And I'll say the biggest difference between SmackDown and MSG and AEW All Out is AEW did not have the overproduced crowd audio. Um, Right. I don't know why WWE is still piping (laughs) stuff in. I mean, they... (laughs) Like, even some of the pops they try to enhance, it's like, no, like, what you're piping in is worse than, is worse sounding than the actual pop that's happening and right. vice versa. So it, it was refreshing to hear a large crowd that was just electric. I think since fans have been allowed to return to all kind of wrestling, um, they all every crowd has just been hot. Yes, they have. Absolutely. I would say that the all-out crowd was the hottest crowd we've seen so far, and that is including SummerSlam. Like, SummerSlam, mm-hmm. they got some big pops. I will give it to them. But all-out, it was <clears throat> insane. 
Yeah. And it started from the very beginning. Like they they had hot match after hot match. Uh, you know, they started with best friends and Jurassic Express versus the Hardy family office. And while I'm not a big fan of the HFOs, they put on a great show. Uh, did you go back and watch the beginning? I know you had to start a little late. I did. So okay. just for context, I started with, um, I think it was the CM Punk Darby Allen match. Yes. I think that's right when I jumped in, um, and then went back and rewatched everything. Uh, but it was just, and being in Chicago, you know, Chicago in New York and Philly are historically just hot, lively crowds. Yeah. And so it was, it, I'm, it was, it, having a good crowd. Now, there's a difference between a good crowd and a crowd that's trying to like hijack the show. Right. In an annoying we we've talked about <laughs> right. the people that they got to stand up and start a chant every three seconds. And this, this was a good crowd. Well, and you know, this match had the least talked about return of the whole show. And that was the butcher coming back. Yeah. Looking He's been jacked. gone forever and he, looked so good that dude has been hitting the weights and so i'm glad that we got the butcher and the blade back i hope that they uh challenge for the titles here soon i hope that they save that though for a moment where you really believe that they'll win the titles we'll get back to the tag titles here in a little bit um probably my least favorite match of the whole night was miro versus eddie kingston i didn't hate it it's you know it's just kind of it, eh. it it was what it was it's a weird combination to have um especially like even story wise it's just it felt kind of rushed into and i also felt like it was something that they needed to reverse the end on mhm uh and i know we had a lot of title uh changes a lot of big moments for the faces but I don't know. Uh, I know Miro just got the TNT title, but we something that AEW's got to do is they've got to have a title change happen quick after a run starts. Yeah, they. You, not everybody can hold the title for 400 days. Right. So, you know, I felt like this was the opportunity to do that, mm -hmm. especially and since Kingston has been like <clears throat> one of the one of the guys there for a while yeah. now. I think Kingston losing hurt him a lot more than Miro winning helped him. Right. That's just my take because it's like, oh, well, there goes some more Eddie Kingston. I love like... I love Kingston. Yeah, especially what he got to do in Impact, but also whenever he jumped over to NWA Power, um, man, just the opportunity he got to really just to have good mic time to show off how great he was. Oh, yeah. And then coming into AEW hot and so it's it's sad to see i feel like they're gonna push him back to the area where he's just kind of walking out with john with moxley he'll be john moxley's taz right so i mean which is kind of a waste i i love them together i want them to tag together i want them to win the tag titles together he's and too have good some, to just be a manager right I want them to have some tag team death matches like 
I want them to go all in on that, so to speak. But I, I don't know. It's just they're missing the boat with Eddie Kingston. I think he can mm. do a lot more. I think you're absolutely right. Um, in a weird match, I liked it. It was it was cool seeing them together. But Moxley versus Kojima. Mm. First time in America, first time ever. Um, I I think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I also would not be surprised at all. It was cool. I I really like the idea of Moxley being that gatekeeper for New Japan. Yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic, but I I think it works. I mean, it'd be. <clears throat> I, I mean, you didn't necessarily have anyone directly doing this in WCW, but almost having, you know, if there would have been someone like a Chris Jericho um, or Benoit to kind of be the gatekeeper for luchadors coming out of Mexico. Right. I mean, it's just a, it's a cool dynamic. I like it. Um, You know, and that's, that ultimately led to him fighting uh, Suzuki mm-hmm. on, uh, which... Having Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki, debut in AEW. You tell me that two years ago, that Minoru Suzuki would be on American television. Right. I would have laughed your face off. And it it, it works. <clears throat> now, I want to be careful when I said it's very hard for foreign people to get over on American television um, just because, you know, if they can't like (laughs) call it American ignorance, call it whatever you want. It's very hard if it's like, okay, their promos aren't as well in our native language as, you know, but as other people, but he's one of those guys where it's like the mystique around him backed up by his in-ring presence. It just and blows it out of the water. If there is a crowd he can get over with, it is that crowd. Absolutely. Which he's already over with that crowd. I I think I think it could be one of the one of the best examples uh in modern times of someone from New Japan coming over and not to get us off subject, I looked up at my TV it must be AWA night for them. We have, as they put it earlier, the incredible Hulk Hogan versus Nick Bockwinkle for the AWA heavyweight title. Hey, this, this is, is this is the match where I think I think it is where Hogan claims that Bockwinkle started shooting on him, probably. Because he didn't want to drop the belt, and so Hogan had to start shooting back and get the pin because... Hogan is wearing white boots, black knee pads, and red trunks. I love it. And he has a full head of hair. I'm watching... Now it is... I want that in figure form. Hey, we can make it happen. Now I'm watching SummerSlam 92, Brett versus Bulldog. The infamous quote... The British Bulldog's going to win whether he wants to or not. Like, just what a quote. Back to the action. 
So, yeah. So Suzuki Gun is here. Apparently, he's going to stay another week uh, because it was a weird match. I don't know if you got to see it on AEW. It was a quick match. Yeah. It, and I mean, even just like with his entrance and stuff, it was a little kabuki ish. He came out. With five minutes left in the program. And AEW doesn't go over time. Mm-mm. Because they even mention like they've got 60 minutes or TV time remaining. So he comes out with five minutes to go. Plus, we still have a Moxley entrance. Like, mm-hmm. And, you quick. know, Moxley's going to take his time. And he did. He was in Cincinnati. So obviously. But, um, Supposedly, he's going to be back this next week. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do long-term with this because they're setting up something with Moxley to be, you know, the killer of New Japan. I don't know. Um, But that was... It was a cool match. It was great to see two guys who are first ballot Hall of Famers. It's Kojima. Like... Mm-hmm. And and Moxley, like it doesn't get any better. And for Kojima's age, like dude is still huge. Like his arms, great. Yeah, he moved great. It was a really good match. It was. It was weird, (laughs) but I liked it. Yeah. Hey, weird's not always bad. The next one uh, was my first disappointment of the night, and I'm not disappointed. Like, but it, but like. It was a great match. I want more of it, but I wanted it to go the other way. The next match we had Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Mm. This had, besides all the returns, because those automatically go to the top of the list, this had my favorite moment of the night. Statlander gets dumped out onto the outside. Orange Cassidy is in her corner because she's part of the best friends. He gets down and starts screaming in her face to get back in the ring. I've never seen intensity like that from Orange Cassidy. Right. Like, it's always just so relaxed. And so that hyped me up big time. No pun intended, but we were able to peel a layer of orange Cassidy that we'd never seen before. <sighs> Good pun. Good pun. Um, so yeah, Britt Baker retains. Uh, I mean, Britt is a great choice as champion. She's a great ambassador. She is over like Rover. Even as a heel, she gets face pops. Um, but yeah, I wanted to see Statlander win. She's been undefeated since she came back. It made sense. It's another one of those deals where not everybody can have a two-year-long run, mm-hmm. a year-long run. And both of their champions in the female division <laughs> have, have been that. that way. Yeah. It's like the the world title right now. Mm-hmm. They've had three champions, and they've all gone at least nine months. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, that was this match of the night. This was the match of the night. 
Up next, steel cage match for the AEW tag team titles. Did you watch this match? I did. Do you agree with me that this was the match of the night? I think so. Um, it's absolutely everything you would expect from a Lucha Bros Young Bucks match. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things. It's It was interesting to me because, and I don't necessarily mean this in a crapping on way, with those kind of tag team matches, you, you expect it to be a spot fest, right. um, like to be spot after spot and to be, you know, for there to be a stipulation like a cage match increases it even more. But some of the, I, my favorite moments personally were some of the emotional moments like Pinta jumping in the way to sacrifice himself for Ray Phoenix. You love it, man. You gotta it, love that. Like that's, like that added so much more depth and emotion to the match. And I think that's what elevated it even more personally. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, I loved where they went with it. They gave everything that there was in their bodies to that match. Mm -hmm. And it was perfect. It was, there's nothing else I would do with that match than what they did with that match. I know that's kind of convoluted in the way that comes out, but like the Lucha Brothers go over. They had to literally fight over a mountain to get there mm -hmm. against the greatest tag team of all time. We'll go ahead and say it. They're one of the Mount Rushmore of tag teams. Which we'll get back to Mount Rushmore a little later. Um, I, I think for me, <clears throat> and it's curious to see how it's going to fold out. Like, like that's the perfect blow off match in a sense. Right. Cause it's like, how, how do you top them? Finally? I mean, how long have the Lucha bros been trying to do this since double or nothing. And for it to 2019 for them to finally get here and to get the success they've been looking for. I mean, right. Who knows what happens next? It's going to be very interesting to watch. You've, you've got a whole new set of matches you can do now. Like I said, Butcher and the Blade, uh, the uh, the HFOs. You got all private party. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. And then all the face matches they can have. FTR. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's going to be great. I loved the the uh, thumbtack Air Jordan spot. It was one of my favorite spots ever. Yeah, that's yeah, because that's one of my favorite things the Young Bucks have ever done. It's the super yeah. kick with thumbtacks. Yeah, and they took it to a different level. Mm hmm. So and he even put out video on being the elite of him making that uh, boot that that shoe. So, um. Next was probably my favorite return of the night. Ruby Soho return well, returned debuts and wins the Casino Battle Royal for a women's world title match. I've always been high on Ruby. She didn't get near what she should have gotten in WWE. 
but she was also not the WWE mold. So, I mean, I still understand. So, I'm really excited to see what they do with her and Britt Baker. Yeah. Uh, and the cool thing, and this is anytime you bring in a debut, is it freshens things up. And yeah. especially when it's someone like Ruby that has such a unique character. Mm-hmm. That just adds so much more freshness to the dilemma to way it's like, okay, well, I wouldn't necessarily say she's, you know, just she's not a white meat baby face by no. any means, but she's she has not an a, edge to her. Yeah, she's not a straight up heel. And just having that, you know, the, just that like even what you've said so far, the different rivalries and the different stories you can go ahead and jump right into and start telling with characters I, like that. I also love that Rancid gave her the rights to the song and the name. Mm-hmm. Just straight up gave it to her. Like, no, this is that's so punk rock. Like, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Um, speaking of, you know, I have there you go. Have her sitting right here. But uh, so yeah, I mean, there wasn't much else. It was a pretty good battle royal. Had a really good end. Um, really didn't think they were going to give it to Ruby. Especially um, night one. Especially whenever she's in the ring with Thunder Rosa, who has that history with Brit. Like, it's kind of that that Kenny and Hangman ending we've all envisioned mm-hmm. for Th- Rosa and, and Brit. Rosa started that push for Brit. And she could be the one to finish it. But I love what what we were going to get with Ruby and, and Brit. So um, we've got four matches left on the card. The next one is Chris Jericho and MJF. What do you think of this match? I, <clears throat> I loved it. Um, I mean, the match in itself was, was fine. It, it, it was good. MJF's entrance. My gosh. That I mean, that's a t- for me personally, that's a top contender for match uh, or for moment of the night. Yeah. Doing if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's on YouTube. But you know, we know this might be Jericho's last match. And how do we start the match off? The countdown looks yeah. just like the one he debuted in <clears throat> August of '99 in WWF with. And the pyro goes off, the Titantron lights up, and it says Jericho's last match. And there's kind of a delayed reaction because you think, like, Jericho, no, this is Jericho's last match. He's announcing it himself. And so there's, like, cheers and boos at the same time because the fans are like, you know, what a cool way for Jericho to go ahead, like, Obviously, Jericho's decided this is his last match and for him to tell us in this way. And then it switches to MJF's Titan Tron and MJF comes out. I love it so much. MJF is money any way you put it. Um, He is the future of that company. Yeah. Like, he is the ultimate heel and he's on the level, I would say, like a Roddy Piper where it doesn't matter what 
he does in the ring necessarily. His character is large enough that he's bigger than wins and losses, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he has always been at the top of the card, no matter what, since he turned on Cody. Yeah, so he's the reason Cody allegedly can't ever challenge for the AEW world title. Yeah, that's that's that'll change. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They'll have him win a battle royal or something by sheer accident. Yeah, there'll be there'll be some kind of loophole. Cody will return with black Um, hair when MJF is world champion. Mark my words. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Jericho wins after losing. Yeah. Uh, but his the, feet were on the ropes. Was this the first instance of instant replay in wrestling? Yes and no. I think this is the best way that it's been done. Because um, I can't think of another way. Because there's a reason. They've another always done it to time, where I mean. somebody, uh, there's always a ref that runs out and says, like, no, no, restart the match. And they restart the match. It's never. Like, it's never as realistically done as it was now. One of my favorite moments, Alex Shelley in TNA, he would bring a tripod and a video camera to the ring and film all their matches, and they did a false finish like this where someone's leg was on the ropes. On the ropes, and, yeah, you know, they ring the bell, and Shelley gets out of the ring, goes and grabs the camcorder, and gets to the ring, makes the ref watch it. So it, I, I liked it. It was done... Very well, I think. And then, of course, <coughs> right right as they start, they go straight to the finish. Right. On that. It, it was great. It was great. It, you know, as much as I don't want to see Chris Jericho retire, because I don't, you don't ever want to see your heroes retire. I, it's getting close. It's going to happen soon. And I think, you know, the, quite frankly, the time-honored tradition in our industry you know, to put someone yeah. over going out and to use your retirement as a way to elevate and make a star. I I just hope MJF versus Jericho is done. I'm tired of it. It's Jericho said it's his longest feud he's ever done. I'm so tired of it. And I think I think we might be. Um Jericho's made it clear he's back to his WWE days of you know, a Fozzie tour starts the night after the big match, and yeah, it looks like he's booked at least through the spring. Yeah. So, outside of, I'm sure he'll find a way to still do commentary on Rampage, oh, but otherwise, he'll, he'll still show up now and again. Yeah, <clears throat> but I, um, I think, I, at least I, I agree with you. I think they both need to move on because on like. I think there's a lot of potential um, with MJF with some of the talent that is yep. now in AEW. The last, I want to say the last uh, feud he had before Jericho was him and Moxley. Yeah. That's a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. That was this time last year. Um. Anyway, next next match is... The match, match of the everyone night. was waiting for. Um, CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I 
we all knew that Punk wasn't going to go out there and put on this barn burner match that he would have put on now almost eight years ago. But guys still got it. Yeah. He had a great match. I think Darby was the perfect opponent that he could have because it's someone who could kind of help the pace a little bit. Not that Punk had problems with the pacing, but like they could get a little bit more goo-goo and gaga, mm-hmm. as uh, Pat would say in there. I will say I enjoyed the match. I I was very impressed with the condition Punk was in. Um, yeah. Shape-wise, I mean, to not be it's blown great. up right off the bat. Um, And so here's something, and I hope it's not controversial, that I liked and disliked at the same time. I think everyone who's seen the match has now seen the comparisons to Bret Hart versus 123Kid. I love it. And I love it, too, to a degree. Um, I mean, like, even the initial the lockup, and then I think he does like a headlock takeover or a hip toss. And then, you know, there's the exact replica. But then as the match goes on, there's more and more repeated spots. And it was just that part was just a little too much to me because it to me, it felt like it crossed the line from a a tribute to a repeat, so to speak. Um, I feel like I said, the beginning part, I was like, Hey, like that's a cool little detail to throw in there. Like, that's awesome. I look at it the same way as, and I love Randy Orton. I love edge that whenever they had their big, you know, the greatest wrestling match of all time, wrestling match ever, they, you know, they started copying rock and Austin spots so much as, you know, one of them hit a stunner, then the other one hit a rock bottom. You know, one person yeah. hit a pedigree, the other person, you know, hit an, an angle slam. And it's just like, there's a difference between tributes and nods and kind of taking too much. That's just my opinion. Other like other than that, like, it was solid. I like that Sting went backstage for the match. I do too. Because I think, you know, that Sting given it Darby. It was that mutual res- respect thing. <clears throat> Yeah, and Sting was like, hey, you know, this is your time to shine. And, like, even just the not, he didn't say that, but just that body language, that translates really well. Yeah, it was, I I really liked it. I, like I said, it was not the greatest match of all time, but nobody expected that from Punk on his first match. The guy's obviously been working. He's obviously been in the ring. I mean, he's been filming the show Heels, and supposedly he's been doing ring work for that. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm i interested to see where they go from here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mad and, props. Go ahead. And it looks like from here, that's going to be them going against Team Taz. I was about to say, mad props that the first match back isn't a tag match. Right. Because that's kind of the go-to. It's like, well... Let's put them in yeah. there with a tag. Yeah, let's do a tag match real quick just to make sure so they're not having to do too much or let him be the the hot tag at the end. Right. Um. Now on to the real match of the night. The one everyone was waiting for. The big return to the ring. Paul White versus QT Marshall. 
I will say it was refreshing to see <clears throat> big boy Paul back in the ring because he's been very oh, yeah. clear that, you know, his last, I don't know how many months in WWE, you know, he was cleared for competition. They just didn't have anything to use him for. And it's refreshing to see him something differently than, okay, I'm a face this week, but next week I'm a heel. And then I'll be a face, and then I'll be a heel. He's so old. It's a weird... I mean, I wouldn't have booked this for his return match. I mean, just the whole setup just was weird. I mean, they had the gun club turn to get some heat in. I don't know. It just... I mean, I think it would have been better. Like, you could have easily done Big Show versus Billy Gunn, or you could have done Big Show right. versus Austin Gunn. It was obviously a moment that they built in so everyone could have a blow off in between mm-hmm. Punk and then the Omega match. And and that's something that they don't really do a lot in AEW. They don't really have a lot of blow off moments. So. You know, there are people that were excited that uh, show was returning. Obviously, I was kind of excited to see him in the ring again. I mean, he's the big show. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's just the match was blah. It was three minutes long. We could have allocated that time elsewhere. Or we could have given them more time. Yeah. I, I just don't think QT was the guy to do it I, I don't either I don't either but you know I think if he would have squashed done. yeah if he would have just squashed one of Billy Gunn's sons I think that would have been good Hogan is now wearing a shirt on AWA <laughs> television that says remember me I love it hey and we do we for do. good or bad we remember Hogan because Hulk rules hey just remember anyway. on Andre died like three days after Hogan slammed him at WrestleMania three. And Andre was pushing 600, 900, 1200 pounds that day. We got to talk about that after the voicemails. I think Um, you're right. Come back to that a little bit before we end this thing. (laughs) But, uh, the final match of the night, Kenny Omega versus Christian cage. This is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was a fantastic match, as I thought it would be. Would have been six stars if it was in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> That's the truth. <clears throat> um, but, you know, th- I, I love Christian. But he's not the guy that's going to take the title off of him. I know. That's, they got that, the... Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what was heartbreaking for me, because, I mean... For a dude who was off, you know, seven years as well, he left just a few months after CM Punk. Right. I mean, he can still go. He's still sharp on the mic. He's still flawless in the ring. But there's no way that's the guy that's going to beat unstoppable Kenny Omega. Especially when the Young Bucks had already lost earlier that night. Mm Mm-hmm. Because arguably the best thing they've got going right now is the super elite. So I, I, you, you just don't see them tearing that apart right now. Yeah. And especially 
with the extra heat the super elite picked up with i mean there's for anyone who thought well maybe it's gonna mellow out a little bit it's shooting right back up so kenny kenny defeats christian in a great match back and forth i love that they gave him the impact title he deserves another run with a title i don't think it's going to be the aw title cuz i i want to see christian last for a lot longer but i he's another guy that i think he's nearing the end of his run mhm i know that he just came back but i think this is just kind of a uh you know retirement run yeah it's a farewell tour it's the farewell tour that he never got Mm-hmm. Also, I look up again, and Mean Gene is interviewing Dr. D, Dave Schultz. Watch out for that right hand. Right. I'll slap you. Um, but it was a great match. But the talking point of this match was what happened afterwards. And the first thing that happened can be used in one word, can be explained in one word, and that's Boom! Adam Cole Baby debuts, comes back from the dead, and <laughs> debuts for AW. He comes out. You think he's going to tear down the super elite? And then what does that? And you're going to have to bleep this. What does that shit eater do? He super kicks Jungle Boy and joins the elite again. And we should have seen it coming because he came out of the heel entrance. But we were all so excited. <laughs> Everyone was so excited. <clears throat> so, you know, he gets in the ring. Mount Rushmore is reformed with Adam Cole and the young bucks and now we're possibly going to be getting Kevin Steen at the end of his contract that's what's being teased at least yeah cuz allegedly he just signed an extension but so that was the news last year yeah but supposedly his contract is up January 30th. We shall see. Or they could also just cut him. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Sign, sign your high dollar contract. Keep him from AEW. Cut him. Keep your profit margin high. Cut him and Sami Zayn. And what's El Generico doing in the AEW dark arena? I don't know. He... El Generico has been in that orphanage in Tijuana. What's El Generico doing in the dark zone at Universal hey, Studios? No kidding, because the dark zone is real now. Um, so Adam Cole debuts. It's great. You know, it's right back to the... He's the best as a heel. <clears throat> he's always been the best as a heel. And then we're we're like, okay, well... They're not going to debut two guys in the same segment. But. And then Flight of the Valkyries hits. 
and you're gonna get your F and head kicked in. I mean, where's Brian Danielson been for ten years? She's been hanging out, eating, growing, eating soy chips. And yeah, I will say this. I think, personally, in my opinion, I think Brian Danielson is AEW's biggest get to date from yes. WWE. Yes. Um, because and I think it was clear WWE hasn't been interested in CM Punk and CM Punk definitely hasn't been interested in WWE. Right. Right. But I think I think this is out of everyone that's left WWE for AEW, I think that's the one that stings. That's the no one pun intended. that's going to push the needle. <clears throat> yeah. That's because the one where he's a WWE guy. I know he's an ROH guy, but he's a WWE guy at this point. Yeah. Because... Once again, where did he reach the pinnacle of his success? Where did yep. he have one of the best WrestleMania moments? WWE. WWE. His, I mean, his final two matches with the company were the main event. I mean, outside of Roman and Cena, he's your most over guy. Yes. I mean, Rollins and even Ambrose when he was there, they... They couldn't reach no, that status. Yeah, nobody. No, I mean his. That's the reason he got the WrestleMania moment. He did, and he got the retirement ceremony. He did was because it was just on a whole other level. He was so over that WWE was forced to change their entire plans for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Multiple times. So. It's yet to be seen what happens with those. But it's we're an entering a new time. age. Yeah. It's this to be a wrestling fan, we say it a lot, but to be a wrestling fan right now, that's it's awesome. I'll I'll say this, and I hope it's not too much of a hot take. I think I'm more excited to see what Brian Danielson does more than I am to see what CM Punk does because we've seen we've seen CM Punk be himself in WWE and we've we've I would say we've seen glimpses of Brian Danielson in WWE right but we've never seen him with the full control on this big of a, a platform as we have so I'm I'm excited about it I am too I'm glad they went ahead and debuted him. I know that they were talking about how he was going to debut at Arthur Ashe, but I'm glad that they went ahead and did it. Me too. I, I think that's the that's a great swerve to end the night. Was this the best AEW pay-per-view of all time? I know we're talking about three years at this point. <clears throat> I think it was their best rounded show. Um. Because I think at the end of the day, how do you define what the best pay-per-view is? Is yeah. it match quality or is it moments? I mean, do you remember move for move what happened or do you remember the moments? And I think this this had the biggest moments. Yeah, I agree. Well, with that, uh, you want to move on to some mailbag? I think so. So you guys don't have to listen to us plug the voicemail box anymore 
I mean, you can always call it whatever you want. Yeah, we'll 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 bring it back at some time. Um, but let's take a quick little break, ski, and we will hear from you guys via voicemail. My question for y'all is: Who would be the ultimate comeback at WrestleMania to win the Universal Championship? Hmm. Who would be the ultimate? comeback at Wrestlemania to win the Universal Championship. Who do you think, Jake? Who would be the ultimate comeback? So I wonder, do they mean like someone who's currently not wrestling comes back to win the old, the, the Universal Championship? I I think so. How do we want to approach this? I think it's got to be a return versus a debut. Okay. Like, instead of a debut. That's a good gotcha. question. I uh, want to thank Dan Redeker for asking that, too. I recognize the voice. Uh, thank you, Dan. Um, Dan, the man. <laughs> I would think uh, at this point, logically, the the best returning person you could have to come and dethrone uh, Roman Reigns would be The Rock. I I think you're right on the money. Um, it's logical to the story they're telling. Yeah. Do it. I, I mean, not to repeat history, but to repeat history, not just once in a lifetime, not just twice in a lifetime, but thrice in a lifetime. Three and straight think, WrestleManias. Yeah. I think you have The Rock return, take the title from Roman, and then there you go, the... Rematch is set up for WrestleMania Hollywood. Hey, you know what they should do? They should bring back Bob Holly, let him win the title and beat everybody. Hey, at this point, I would take Hardcore Holly back in the WWE. <laughs> um, that's the logical choice for me. I would think, you know, cool factor. Uh, it would be cool if they they made a star in the process. But mm. I don't know if really WWE's into that anymore. And I know um, I, I don't know who you could get to that level, right? That Roman hasn't already like plowed through. I really want to see Big E, but it looks like uh, tonight he's calling his shot. We are recording on Monday night. He's called his shot for the WWE title. So, but I would have loved to see Big E dethrone. Uh, the uh, Universal Champion and get that huge rub. Hey, we recorded live whenever Nikki Cross cashed in. Maybe Big E will cash in successfully. Maybe. We are record recording a little earlier than normal today. So it is true. But uh, that's so because it's season three. And as you've already heard so far, this is an exciting episode. And, you know, this mailbag portion, it's special. And don't worry, we'll get back to the regular pod in a little bit, but this is celebration. Celebration. It is a celebration. We're cracking beers and we're having some fun. Uh, Landon's got his, oh, hell yeah, shirt on. I got my Hulk rules. There you go. Shirt. The two we're, biggest we're draws, brother. We are. And with that, let's listen to another voicemail let's from our lovely friends and family. Vern, I thought you said that this was set up for our podcast. What is this, Brothers in Kayfabe? 
Are they ripping us off, Bird? Give me a call back. Uh, was that? I Who th- was that? I don't... Th- it can't be. <laughs> there's there's no way. There's we, no way. Are, is someone trying to invade us? I... Okay, so early on, whenever Jake and Jimmy and myself decided to start this podcast, we received some very unkind email. Um, yeah. Which, judging by the fact it was photo scans of, well, it looked like it had been typed out on typewriter and photo scanned and somehow sent over via email. The, the person is using old old material it looked like he had dial-up internet yeah it's i mean it was it is awful but it a gentleman named Vern simmons um and his co-host um kinzer keel it seemed the two of them a good looking guy by the way hey that that's on you it seems like the two of them used to have a a show called kayfabe wrestling news and it, oddly enough, it was on the radio for 999 Years. episodes. And then the 1,000th episode, they switched over to podcast, which props for longevity. Um, but that hey, sounded dude, a know, lot like just trying to keep it Kinzer. going. Yeah. Uh, it did sound a lot like former world champion Kinzer Keel. Um, but yeah, that was weird. That was yeah. really weird. Well, I don't even uh, know how they got this phone number. I don't either. Let's uh let's make things right with a real voicemail if we can. Um, let's see what we've got here. What's up, brothers in K Fabe? It's the California Dreamboat, Johnny Cove here, and I've got two questions for you. One the first question is, why the hell have I not been on the show? And two, if you could go back in time to attend any live professional wrestling event in history, what show would it be and why? Wow. Well, Johnny Cove. Johnny Cove, baby. I mean, we've got we've got the, a legitimate wrestler, uh, the most beautiful mullet in the land. The absolute best. I mean... So to start the answer, unless you've got something else to add for Johnny. No, I, I, you go ahead. Go ahead. Start the answer. I'm going to go ahead and, and give the folks at home a little preview of stuff to come. This fall, we are going to have our first live show live via Facebook, but live with live, all of our friends. We're booking talent, and the first person we booked is Johnny Cove. Johnny Cove will be cracking open a cold one on this show live at Brotherfest 2021. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. There, In my personal belief, I don't think there's anyone better to brother out with then Johnny Cove. But to answer his other question, because yes, Johnny, we are going to get you on the show. I think we've got... Yeah, I think you're right, Jake. I think it's got to be the live show. We kick him off. Um, and then we can do a deep dive with him. 
he's he's booked for that. We're paying him a hot dog and a handshake on that one. That's, and that's then all working, we can afford. We're working on booking him for a full show by himself, which at that point we'll pay we'll pay him for yeah. that one. Hey, uh, for you know, five dollars a month, you can help us book Johnny Cove on the show. Exactly, and that's for your benefit. But to answer his other question, if we could go back in time and attend any pro wrestling show live, what would it be and why? That's a great question. Huh. I have my answer. Go, go for it. I gotta think. It is the it is the show that made me a wrestling fan. It is the first pay-per-view I'd ever seen a bite on a VHS tape. WrestleMania 3. I love it. That's a great answer. And it's it, it's it's the low-hanging fruit because it's the you know greatest WrestleMania of all time, arguably. But to be able to see Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat, the classic five-star match they put on I mean, uh, I have to go with it. There's, there's no, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, I and you know it, it's low hanging fruit, but it's because it's withstood the test of time. I think I think I'm gonna go bash at the beach '96. Another low hanging fruit, but. A very well deserved. I want to throw a pizza cutter at Hulk Hogan's hot dog skin <laughs> just to see what happens. You might, you might get uh, get beat down. <laughs> I might have your hands full with some Kevin Nash. That is true. What a great question! It was a WrestleMania great question. three and Bash at the Beach. 96. Let's hear another voicemail. Hey, it's the Heartbreak Kid. Look, the icon has headlined plenty of WrestleManias, and I know exactly what's going through your head right now. You're feeling the pressure. You're feeling the weight of expectation pressing down on you. All I have to say is this. When your music hits, just let it go. You made it this far for a reason. And that's because you're the best. Present company accepted, of course. Jake? Well, did Shawn Michaels just hype up season three? I think he was talking about Brother Fest. I think he was. Did someone tell Shawn Michaels about Brother Fest? If you've got connections to the biz and you made this happen, thank you, thank you, thank you. Are we... <laughs> Is there any possible way to make Shawn Michaels show up at Brotherfest? Whoever Brother got him Fest. on here, whoever gave him our number, Get please a hold do of it us. again. Yeah, please. We we want to give you a fee, a free Patreon account. Yeah, absolutely. Like we'll give you tiers that don't even exist yet, just for free, just for you. I, wow that 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 blows my mind. That just that that blew my mind. It's it's going to be hard to top that, but let's try. How long do you feel like it's going to be before AEW is competing 
in the ratings with Raw and SmackDown. How long do we think until AEW is competing with Raw and SmackDown in the ratings? Jake, would you like to take this? First, in the future, guys, when you call in, make sure to say your name so we can properly uh, let you know who who you are. Um, Phil, was that you? That may be Phil. That may have been Phil. Uh, I don't think it's going to be long. I mean, Monday night, or this last week, they beat... um, they beat Raw in, is it the 18 to 34 bracket? Something like that. And they're now regularly pushing 1.4, 1.5 million on, on Dynamite. I think we're still in that stage where a lot of casual wrestling fans don't know what AEW is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you hear people complaining about them picking up big stars that were WWE people, it's only going to help. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're taking established stars. It's going to put more eyes on the product. Yeah, and I think, and and we saw with, you know, Punk showed up, popped the ratings a little bit, and then the week later, uh, with, with both Dynamite and Rampage, you saw a little bit of a decrease from... Little drop off. Yeah. But I mean that's that's expected. But it 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 is cool to see, you know, there was a little bit of a boost from you know, there's probably people that tuned in to see him return or like, okay, well now I want to see what he does next. So I, right. I don't think it'll be long. And well you know and, we, and all out set a record for most pay per view buys for AEW. So yeah. You know they're on the they're on the track. Yeah, and competition is always a good thing. There's no way around that. It brought out the best in WWF. Yeah, it brought it out when it WCW did. was at the top of their game. It brought out the biggest stars in this company. You're right. So let's see. Let's see what else we've got in here. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. I just wanted to call and tell you to enjoy your last few hours of being able to walk without crutches. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, who's booking this? I don't is know. Is this the rib? Is this because do you, do you pay for ad free shows? I do not. I circumvent the uh, paywall. Maybe this is our our punishment for not supporting ad free shows. Maybe Conrad is having his clients send his death threats. Maybe, but you know, I think we've got we've got, we've got a, a couple more. Yeah, let, let's see what we've got. I think this one. I don't think we've played yet. We have played that yes, one. Yes, we have played that one. Let's try this one. We've played yeah, that one too. That one. Hey, there we go. Guys, what is up? It's your boy Raj from the Collecting Raj podcast, a.k.a. the Collecting Raj Instagram, a.k.a. the Collecting Raj YouTube channel, a.k.a. your one-time, only-time, just kidding, I'll be on again, uh, temporary co-host of the Raj podcast. However, I am calling you guys today to ask you a question for your Q&A episode, so here is my question. It's actually a two-parter. First of all, with the return of CM Punk, 
And knowing that Landon is not a continual consumer of product on television as a broadcast on a week-to-week basis, will this change now that CM Punk is back in the fold? I do know that Jake does consume the product weekly as it broadcasts more often than not. However, Jake has made it, or Landon, excuse me, has made it very clear that he does not. So, will that change his perspective on that? Two, also, second question, with CM Punk coming back, and this is the most important question, along with all the dynamics that's going to change in the wrestling industry as a whole, from the fan base to incoming talents, anything like that, as well as, um, you know, television broadcast and general interest among the general public. The big hot question I've got to find out from you guys is that with this happening now, how big is Batista's contract going to be when they sign him? Anyway, thanks again, guys. Remember, Clucky Raj, James Plug. Peace out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how big Batista's contract is. Um, whatever he wants it to be, Tony Khan will get. Me. He'll get Daddy Khan's card, and we'll we'll make the deal happen regardless. Okay, so to <laughs> to address the first part of that question, maybe. Um, I did tune in to watch CM Punk's return. I, with everyone else, we wanted to see, okay, is this actually going to happen or not? I, I did watch All Out. We watched All Out. Um, which, if you're listening to this segment of the podcast, you'll notice early on in the show, we did talk about All Out and our, our takeaways from it. I Trust me, I want every reason in the world to watch a full broadcast of wrestling. I've just yet to um, encounter something all the way, and not necessarily a bad thing, um, but for me, I think I've been burnt out on, okay, there were a couple of segments that were really good, and the rest, I could have cared less if I saw it or not. Um, yep. That's me with every current product, even... Obviously, an hour is a lot more easily digestible and easy to squeeze in Um, because I'm aware of everything that happens. Um, I keep up to date with everything. I just may not watch the entire broadcast live. So I, I want every reason in the world to do it. As of now, I'm okay with just catching the highlights. Um, But going on to the other half of Roger's question... Jake, how do you think CM Punk's return is going to affect the industry of pro wrestling? It's a tonal shift. <laughs> it's it's a shift into kind of what we had in the late 90s. In WWF, we have sports entertainment. And over here, we have pro wrestling with entertainment added in, which is what pro wrestling is. It's always been entertainment with wrestling. You know, instead of a, a, a fight out in the parking lot, they do battle in the ring. I think it's going to make AEW much more competitive. They've brought in CM Punk. They have a legit headliner, proven headliner now. Not that Kenny Omega is not a headliner, but he's not a U.S. guy 
as mm-hmm. far as been on your TV for years and years and years. Not you're that not Punk's at been the on top. the TV in a while. You're not at the top unless you've been in the top in WWE. Right. Now, that's about to change because we have AEW and they are legitimate threat now. But CM Punk has been on TV. He was on TV in WWE for 10 years. And he was tippy-top. How many reigns with the title did he have? Right. At least four that I can think of? Yeah, four or five. <clears throat> so they have their legit headliner now. And him coming over is going to start making the floodgates kind of open up. Because we already have Adam Cole. Adam Cole has been on your TV for three years. He's got a following. Then you have Daniel Bryan, who has arguably one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of the last two decades. He, these guys push the needle. And we're going to start seeing that needle. It may not go all the way over to AW, but it's going to center up. And we're in a situation again where there's competition. There's real competition. AEW's been a great show throughout. But now they have this legitimate threats on their roster to Vince McMahon's empire. CM Punk was kind of the Hulk Hogan move. It was, oh, these guys have the cash and they have the atmosphere to bring this guy out of retirement? I want to watch that. And yeah. it's no dog against WWE, but there are reasons why he didn't want to work there no more. Yeah, and I, I we've talked about it uh, in season two. I think the, the thing AEW is doing the best job at is creating that environment where people want to work. Right. Where there's creative freedom but more importantly i mean just the simple thing of like hey like if you get hurt or sick like you're gonna be taken care of like you're not just a right 1099 worker anymore so i i think i think that's going like you said i think that's going to be a huge driving shift just in changing the landscape i mean and showing showing that it's we saw what they did with the Brody Lee situation. The guy was dying. They continued to pay him. They are now paying his son, who is 10? Yeah. Like, 10 or 11. They're taking care of their guys. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a, a business I want to support. Yeah. I'll I, say don't th- care, I don't care what their wrestling content is like. Yeah, they're not going to wind up with the Legends lawsuit of everyone that they can't afford their surgery or they have brain damage, so they're going to sue for financial compensation. So I think with that, I think there's going to be some some good changes overall. Great question. That was a great question. I think we've got two more. So let's see what we've got. I hope this is the right one. 
Yeah, I don't think we've played this one. This is Mark Megger, and I grew up watching world-class championship wrestling as a team. The first ever main event I got to see in person was Bruiser Brody versus Kamala, and that was quite a wild event. Wow. I've seen the Von Erickson Freebirds wrestling in person, and I also became so obsessed I had to buy a VCR so I could record Saturday Night Wrestling because my date stopped believing I had a 10.30 curfew. Thanks, guys. Bye. That's amazing. Mark, thank you for calling in. Uh, and if you're not part of our Facebook group, join Brothers in Kayfabe on Facebook. Mark and, is a constant poster. Yeah, and some of the photos that he still has saved from those shows are incredible. Insane. I mean, seeing Kamala versus Bruiser Brody, like, take that, everybody who has gotten to see Alberto Del Rio versus Dolph Ziggler in Oklahoma City. Like, <laughs> I have. I'm <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, that's that just that era of wrestling. Um, in the territories that it wasn't uncommon to see great shows like that. Right. That was a great, that was a great phone call. I was, I, I, we need to have him on the show. We do and talk to him. We absolutely I would just, do. We need to talk to him about that. And we need to talk to Roger about mid South. We absolutely do. And eventually get the two of them together. Yeah. All right, I think we've got one more voicemail, and then we'll get back to the regular pod. So let's hope it's a good question. Uh, and thank you again for those of you who did call in. I think we got to everybody. Um, and seriously, thank you guys for calling in, because we wanted you to be a part of Season 3. So right here we go. All right, listen to me, you son of a bitch, and you listen good. I'll be damned if I'll let you come to my arena and do whatever the hell you want. Who the hell do you think you are? You show your face here tonight, and I'll make sure you get the beating of a lifetime. I'll even call it a match, just so no one goes to jail for taking out trash like you. Yeah? You just come on down. Did we oh. just get threatened by Vince McMahon? I take back... The Del Rio versus Dolph Ziggler comment. That's that was your fault. <laughs> that's all, that's on me. Well, we he he must be mad that we're trying to book uh, MSG for a future Brother Fest. I I think so too, Vince. You know I love you. You know I'll always be a loyalist to you for what you have done for my fandom. Don't kill me. That's all I ask. I know we talk about AEW a lot, but. Yikes. Yeah. So uh, I say we get back to the regular pod. I say we do, too. <laughs> and we're back. Thank you once again, everybody who participated with the voicemails. That was some great was fun, but it was weird. Um, yeah, I'm not again, quite sure what some of that was, but whoever got some of those, some of those voicemails set up, uh, Hook us up with those contacts. Maybe right. not the last one, because we're not trying to get sued by any means possible. Right. So, man. we were we were going to talk about something. Oh, the lies of Hogan. The lies of Hogan. Let's, let's dive into that real quick before we get out of here. So, there was a thread on Twitter... If you're listening to this, I think it went live um, on Sunday, and 
I love it and hate it at the same time. Um, because I love Hogan, I, the ultimate brother, no pun intended. It was the reason I wore this shirt today. I mean, we've we've all known Hogan stretches the truth a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. <clears throat> and a thread came out of some of Hogan's most notorious lies. And I love him because I was one of those people when I got into wrestling, found out who Hogan was. Like, I believed every word he said. Like, he's the ultimate babyface, right? Even when he's an NWO. Right. And so, like, you know, every time he lied blatantly about, I've never done steroids. I would never do that. It's like, I believed him until I read his autobiography. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Hulk, no. Why? Why? Would you like to read some of these with me, Jake? Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead and uh, read the first one, and I'll pull. Can you send me the link to it so I can pull it up over here? <clears throat> I will. I'm sending it to you right now via oh, DM. I, I sent that link earlier. Yes. Um, so I've got it pulled up on <laughs> Twitter right now. Here's one of my personal favorites, and these may or may not be true. We'll let you decide. Hulk was an all-state pitcher in high school and that he was scouted by both the New York Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds, but an injury prevented him from signing with either team. Here's another one. Hogan claims he's the one who first noticed Kevin Owens' potential. Well, I hate to brag about it, but I'm the first one to point the finger at Kevin Owens Mother. after a decade of solid work in the Indies. The wrestler director, Darren Aronofsky, offered him the lead role three times. Hogan claims he turned it down because, well, I just didn't deserve it there, brother. Aronofsky uh, denies that Hogan was ever even considered for the <clears throat> Hogan starred in Mr. Nanny and Santa with muscles. And Those Hogan are true. Claimed- Those are true. <laughs> Hogan claims... He rewrote both scripts entirely by himself, only to have his writing credits stolen from him by the Dastardly Writers Guild. <clears throat> kind of like he, he and uh, Vince McMahon supposedly rewrote No Holds Barred in one night. Yeah, in a um, hotel room. Hogan says <clears throat> he used to fight pride fighters in the 70s. <laughs> pride Fighting Championships was founded in 1997. There's now, an. Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's an interview clip somewhere where he talks about this. Now, could Hogan be mistaking pride fighting for something else that maybe was like prize fighters? He, I think he very well could be because it's interesting that he would say pride, but we also see, let me scroll down, see if I can find this one real quick. Hogan also claimed that he was asked to join a startup company known as UFC. (laughs) While UFC wasn't nearly as popular as it is today, Hogan said he wouldn't have joined because, and I quote, guys get beat up when the fight should be stopped. But he fought a lot of pride fighters. Yeah. Um, My favorite. John Belushi sadly died in 1982. But apparently, according to Hul- to the Hulkster, he partied with him after WrestleMania II in 1986. <laughs> Which I love. And l- let me read this one. 
We alluded to it earlier. He claimed, Hogan claimed he's the first person to slam Andre, which we know is not true. And that Andre weighed 600 pounds when Hogan slammed him. And this is talking about WrestleMania three. And then Hogan claims that Andre died a few days later after the slam. And Hogan also claims that he tore 18 muscles in his back by slamming Andre. Now, WrestleMania three is in 1987. Andre the giant died in 1993. And wrestled up until his <laughs> right, death. Right. He didn't wrestle well, <clears throat> but he wrestled. I mean, don't even Google the fact that Andre the Giant shows back up at WrestleMania 4 the next year. But Right. Hogan told Undertaker that he had caused permanent damage to his neck by botching that tombstone spot. And Taker believed him for the better part of two years before finally seeing a tape of the match, which clearly shows Hogan's head came nowhere near the chair that he tombstoned him on. And it's true. You can look at the footage. There's more than I read earlier, so this is this is exciting. Yeah, I mean, they're... <laughs> How long does they're this in... go? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's, there's so many. This might um, become a recurring segment on the show. I, I think we save this and we, we read more. Um, I'm going to find one more that I want to read. Um, <laughs> this is one of my favorites. He claims that the Foreman Grill was going to be offered <laughs> to him and that he was going to take it. And this is true because it's on Hogan Knows Best. That Hogan claimed on an episode of Hogan Knows Best that the reason he didn't get the offer for the Foreman Grill was because he was picking his kids up at school. So then he got the Hulk Hogan blender instead. Oh, uh, one more. And this one's well known. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Hogan claims that both Metallica and the Rolling Stones wanted him as their bass player. But Metallica member Lars Ulrich came to Hogan himself to ask him to play with the group. I'm just saying. In an alternate universe, Hulk Hogan is the bassist for on Metallica. Enter Sandman. <clears throat> and the Sandman in ECW is Hulk Hogan. Hey. Brothers in Kayfabe, what if? Maybe that'll be one of our every other week episodes. I think every week we need to read two Hogan lies. I think until so we run out of them. <laughs> I think we do that. I think we absolutely do that. Also, I really want to get his autobiography where he talks about the night that he almost committed suicide. Hey. Have you ever listened to that story? Yeah. You need oh to. Gosh. There's also an A&E documentary. It's probably up on YouTube where he, he talks about it and it's. It's like a fever dream. We love you, Hulk. We wouldn't <laughs> we be do. here if it wasn't for you. But my gosh. The greatest anyway. brother in all of kayfabe. Anyway. Um, let's let's start a new segment. And I'm, I'm throwing this at Landon right now. I haven't talked to him at all. What was your favorite match this week? My favorite match this week. Ooh. Okay. Because you're, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. 
<clears throat> but I have watched it. So I'm going to go with it, okay? So my favorite match this week is my new favorite wrestler. He's kind of he's kind of been there for a while. But the big dog, Josh Allen from Tennessee Backyard Wrestling taking on some skinny Titan kid. Folks, if you haven't watched Tennessee Backyard Wrestling, look it up on YouTube. It will change your life. This is Backyard Wrestling at its finest. And I'm just saying, Titan, let me let me double check what his name is because I don't want to I don't want to just botch it the whole time. Yeah, Atomic Titan. If you're watching at home, that's what he looks like. Has awoken the pain maker, Josh Allen. That's my favorite feud. And the setup to their pay-per-view match, it hasn't happened yet, but the matches that set it up, that's my favorite match from this week. And mine, I just watched it. Hulk Hogan versus Nick Bockwinkle for the AWA title. It's great. Hey, it's great. The best part about pro wrestling is there's different flavors for everybody, no matter what it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, this was a great episode. I really had a lot of fun with this one. I'm glad to be back. Season three is just getting started. We we want all the feedback from you guys. If there's something differently, if you want the format with our deep dives in confessions of a wrestling tape trader to change if you want to see something completely different let us know because we're here for you guys we just need your input speaking of confessions of a wrestling tape trader next week we will have a confessions of a wrestling tape trader episode and we will be watching and i'm gonna have to look at my dvds real quick to look at the name of this but we will be watching The very best of Glow. Yes. There we go. Taking it old school. Maybe I'll do a Glow deep dive. You should. To follow up. You should. And then we can do a deep dive episode, full episode, about the Glow TV show. I think that'd be an excellent idea. So, I have been El Gigante, Jake Keel. I have been Mr. Rasslin. Tune in a couple of weeks. I'll be Professor Rasslin, Landon Bumgarner. And we have been the Brothers in Kayfabe. Welcome to season three, boys and girls. We love you. And there's only one thing left to do. Season one is gone. Season two is gone. Season three is here. But no matter what we do, wherever we go... The best part about being a brother B, is it's just B, B, too sweet. And it's for life. See you next week, baby. <laughs> <laughs>